The Reds could have the best rotation in the National League Central. Reese Hines in right field. Nicoladolo is turning heads. We go live to Goodyear with Inquirer's own Charlie Goldsmith on today's Locked on Reds. Let's go. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Reds your first list of the day. I'm your host, Jeff Carr, alongside co-host Stephen Offenbaker. We are the Reds fans who are addicted to the Cincinnati Reds. We turn that addiction into information for you here on the Locked On Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's podcast, the Reds starting rotation has an argument to be the top rotation in the NL Central, and we're going to make that argument. Also, Charlie Goldsmith from the Enquirer joins us from Goodyear to update us on the goings-on of Ellie De La Cruz, Austin Hendrick, Reese Hines, Nick Lodello, and more. But before we talk about that, I want to talk about this rotation because, Steve, when we look at the NL Central, I believe that there's an obvious team that people are going to pick as the top rotation, and I don't think it's the Reds, but I'm going to tell you that if everything goes right, they could be the top rotation in the NL Central. Well, they absolutely could be. And, and you know, let's let's be honest. I mean, we're talking about a Cincinnati Reds team that, that has some issues elsewhere and all off season we've looked at the starting rotation as being the place where they are the most solid the place where we are the least worried so maybe we have a little bit of bias in this I don't know but I look at this red rotation and what it could be uh, if you if you're taking it for what it is right now now will they make trades maybe are there going to be some shakeups probably but looking at it right now if you run this rotation of Sonny Gray Luis Castillo Tyler Malley, Hunter Green, probably. And then whatever comes after that is just, you know, icing on the cake. This is a rotation that, you know, day in and day out can go out there and win you a ball game. I believe so. And you're talking about really the Reds and the Brewers. I understand the Cardinals went out and got Steven Matz. Great. It's Jack Flaherty and Steven Matz. And tell me who else is going to start three out of the five days and we'll have a conversation because I don't know who they're going to roll out there three out every five days because pretty much most of their rotation were, you know, guys that were almost about to retire, i.e. one of them did retire, John Lester. Then you look at the Pirates, although they did sign Jose Quintana. And then you've got the Cubs who added Marcus Stroman to Kyle Hendricks. And yeah, again, they need some help there. So it's Reds, Brewers. There's definitely an argument that you can say, okay, Corbin Burns against Luis Castillo. Who are we picking there? I'm taking Luis Castillo. I'm taking Luis Castillo too. And I think a large part of that is going to be, he's going to put together an entire year. It's not going to be two months of seven plus ERA. Then you've got Brandon Woodruff against who I believe, at least how I rank it, Tyler Malley being the second best in the Reds rotation. Who are you picking there? You know, that one's a little bit harder 
But I, I want to circle back up really quick to talk about Luis Castillo because one of the players that could benefit most if there is, in fact, a late start to this season, if things get pushed a little bit, is Luis Castillo because I do believe one of the biggest part of his problems is trying to pitch in Cincinnati at the end of March and throughout April when it is just stinking cold and you can't <laughs> grip the baseball. Uh, I think that's been one of the biggest, biggest issues uh, that he's had now circling back to your question, you know, do I take Tyler Malley there? I, I might not take Tyler Malley there just because okay. of his inconsistencies home road. Uh, I need to see a full season of <laughs> the real Tyler Malley and, and, and which, which guy he really is because he's been very, very great and he's been not at times. So uh, because of that lack of consistency, I'm a little reluctant to take him there. Okay. No, I understand. But okay. So Woodruff against Sonny Gray, I love Sonny. I do. I think I'd probably pick Brandon Woodruff in that matchup. Then you've got Freddie Peralta against Tyler Malley. Give me Tyler Malley all day. Like, I like Freddie Peralta and all, but I think that that was, I, I think he's going to have an adjustment year. I think that he did really well this past season, but I think hitters are going to adjust to him a little bit this coming year. And then four and five, to be honest with you, I think Hunter Green is better than. I think Brett Anderson is moving on, so I don't think they're going to have him. And then five is going to be interesting because whether it's Goody, whether it's Tony Santion, um, I'm not sure as to how they're going to run out that fifth spot in the rotation. If it's Nick Lodolo, that'd be awesome too. But I still think that the Reds have a lot of really talented options there where the Brewers have some solid guys. I, I just I look at this and I think there is not – a sure fire it's brewers all all day every day probably better than 50 percent of the time the brewers are going to have a better rotation but i think there's a scenario where the reds have a best have the best rotation in the division and and it's important to note jeff that the brewers might have the better the better rotation april may and june but once some of these young guys really solidify what they're doing, because let's, I mean, let's be realistic. There will be yeah. some bumps for Hunter Green when he comes to the major leagues. Whenever it is that Nick Lodolo starts pitching in the major leagues, there will be some bumps. But I believe both of them are the kind of pitcher and, and the quality arm. They will overcome that and fairly quickly. And when they do that, now the conversation changes. And the Reds have one through five, I think, a better rotation than anybody else in the division. So do the Reds have the best rotation in the Central on opening day? Probably not. August 1st? Probably so. I agree with you. And I think the biggest argument that the Brewers have is that tandem of Burns and Woodruff and then Freddie Peralta is a three. That's a really good one, two, three. But that one, two punch at the top is just the kind of thing that honestly it surprised me they didn't make the world series last year whenever you you talk about those two dudes in the rotation for the playoffs but i think overall luis castillo is putting together a whole year sunny gray if he's a red and, and he he'll probably stay healthy if he's not a red but i think he's going to stay healthy in 2022 and i think that is going to put together that and tyler malley calming down and kind of you know chilling out those road splits or the home road splits a little bit so I think that this rotation is going to be obviously the backbone of the team, but it's going to be the best in the division that maybe that's a hot take. I, I don't know, but yeah, that's, that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> All right, Jeff. Well, <laughs> coming up, we head to Goodyear. We've got in Cincinnati Inquirer beat writer, Charlie Goldsmith. He's going to join the show uh, from the Red Spring training facility in Goodyear, Arizona. He's going to catch us up on which minor leaguers you can bet on in 2022. But first, if you want to know who you can bet on in all sports, head over to betonline.net. 
uh, betonline.net has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores and news this season. They have up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, the NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates of the current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new and amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Head over to BetOnline.net. BetOnline. It's where the game starts. Make sure you give Locked On MLB Prospects a listen after today's episode of the Locked On Reds podcast. Lindsey Crosby is a minor league encyclopedia that will keep you up to date on all the up-and-coming players, as well as some college baseball players as well. Uh, The Locked On MLB Prospects podcast, easy for me to say, right? It's free and available on all platforms, just like Locked On Reds. Uh, Head over there, click that subscribe button, give Lindsey a listen as well. Make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter. You can follow me at S. Offenbaker, and you can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three Fs. You can also follow the show at Locked on Reds. Uh, Head over to YouTube, click that subscribe button. Lots of great content coming over there. It's only going to be available there. On the next Locked on Reds, Jeff and I are going to continue talking about where the Reds rank in the National League Central uh, as far as uh, the bullpen goes, which is going to be a rough conversation, I think. It's not going to be exciting because uh, it's a little bit harder to talk about than the starting rotation. But first, we're going to head out to Goodyear and talk with our man, Charlie Goldsmith. All right, for today's Locked on Reds, we are very excited to have one of uh, the best writers in Cincinnati joining us. That's right. He is the beat writer for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, Over at the Inquirer, he is Charlie Goldsmith. Charlie, thanks so much for taking a little bit of time to uh, talk some Reds baseball with us. Well, thank you guys. Steve, Jeff, great to talk to you guys. Best and busiest. I mean, what don't you cover in the city? (laughs) <laughs> this, is, this is true. Uh, you are you are definitely a, a jack of all trades for the Inquirer, and uh, we do really enjoy reading your stuff. And it's uh, it's exciting to have you on today because while Major League Baseball continues to navigate this whole lockout, uh, what a lot of people haven't really been paying attention to, I think, is what's going on out in Goodyear right now, and that is that the minor leaguers are out there and getting ready to start a season. So. Uh, let's just kind of start with that and maybe talk about a few of the guys you've been seeing. And I want to lead things off with uh, the man that is getting so much hype and and this prospect that is just rocketing up everybody's prospect list, and that's Ellie De La Cruz. Uh, now that you've had an opportunity to see him, uh, is he as advertised? Certainly. It's so fun to describe a player like that because it's a challenge because I've never personally seen a player like him, a six foot five power hitting shortstop. And there are two kind of ways I'm, uh, I'm really focusing on with him to describe how good he is. The first is defensively at shortstop. He works out every day with Jose Torres. You guys know Jose. He was an early round draft pick this season. He was one of the best defensive shortstops in all of college baseball last season. And when the Reds drafted him, they called him one of the best defensive shortstops in the entire draft class. And one of the joys of spring training, minor league spring training, has been watching Jose and Ellie De La Cruz trade reps at shortstop. They're in the same workout group. They're split up into a few different groups. They go back and forth, one upping each other with highlight play after highlight play. They look to me like they're right in the same tier, different styles of shortstops, different frames, different types of athletes, both incredibly impressive at the position. And then Ellie takes batting practice, and that's fun to watch. Uh, Today, 
there was a, a crowd like a, of a couple locals in right field waiting for waiting for a few uh, fly balls to head over the fence. And there's kind of a divider too between where they can stand and where the foul balls can land, where they can access. And Ellie made it that far. He, he's that type of power hitter. It's a fluid swing. It's most impressive to me as a left-handed hitter where that power really translates. And he is truly just a joy to watch. You mentioned uh, people milling about and watching. Uh, you know, I want to I want to stay with players as as much as we can. But I am curious uh, with there not being major leaguers in camp this year. Are, are you still getting a fair amount of people around? Is is are the trainings open to the public? What's the what's the setup like this year? Uh, given the uniqueness of this spring training. Yeah, now this this happened last year too. There are some some locals, 10, 12, 15. They drive by on their bikes and they turn it into a little uh post-school activity. Uh biking by, picking up some. They're there for the for the home run balls, I would assume. They can't get autographs or anything like that. But it gives them something to do, something to watch. And I think that's something we all can relate to. I got into a Twitter conversation, mini conversation with you whenever you kind of did a quick AMA the other day when it was raining and you had brought up Austin Hendrick. He is a guy that whether you're looking at Keith Law's rankings, who people like to pick on, or whether you're looking at other rankings, he's fallen and he's kind of fallen amongst Reds fans as to their expectations. But you have said that he's looked very good. What have you seen from him? Because a lot of a lot of his downfall, I think, has been just injuries and things like that and just not being on the field. So what have you seen from Austin Hendrick? So talk to anyone about Austin. Austin himself, coaches, the Reds front office, and they'll stress the fact that last season really wasn't a normal season for him. A Northeast kid who really didn't play in 2020 being thrown into not rookie ball, because there was no rookie ball in May, right. being thrown into A ball right away, a higher level than he usually would have been playing at, as one of the youngest players in that league, and someone who is still refining really who he is as a hitter. Last year he struggled and he dealt with injuries. Um, the, the injuries are, are really something he tried to learn from and take lessons from in this offseason. Hired a personal trainer, uh, changed completely his diet, ate healthy, did what we all we know we all know we should do. And he lost 20 pounds. He looks now like a true uh, center fielder. Now he's still a corner outfielder. He's still going to be a right fielder primarily. But the idea was he's built like a center fielder athletically. He did that. And then even though he lost all that weight this offseason, when they tested things like his bench press, his vertical leap, all the important stuff was the exact same. Today in the field, he made these two plays that that had a bunch of coaches going, Austin, heck of a job. Great play there. Uh, So he's making that type of a play as well. And then of course the pure raw power that turned him into a first round pick. That's all still there. This year's Austin Hendrick is the, is more the type of package that the Reds were looking for. And they drafted, he kind of couldn't be that player last year because of how weird of a set of circumstances it had been. So I'm kind of thinking of this as Austin's first season of pro ball and the Reds too, I get the center giving him a fresh set of eyes. Has anybody given any indication where they think he would start? Yeah, I haven't gotten quite quite a, a lockdown answer on that yet. He's still very young. Uh, one of the A balls would seem to be the, the seem to be the most uh, seem to make the most sense. Quick tangent, real quick. Um, I am curious to see because Reese Hines now is working primarily in right field every day. Yeah. I'm curious does Austin 
left? Are they at different levels? That's one of the little questions I'm thinking about in my head. Uh, but two strong, young, power-hitting corner outfielders for sure right there. Steve, take it away on resigns. Yeah, we've been having this conversation all offseason, Charlie, and everybody that um, has laid eyes on him, I've actually asked about resigns because he's one of the guys that I've been following. And I thought it interesting that, uh, you know, it's it's been divided, the takes on whether or not uh, where Reese was going to play. So, you know, him being a, a right fielder, uh, one of the concerns that I've had for the big league club is the thinness in the outfield and the, and the depth yeah. of people coming up. So with, uh, with Reese playing the majority of the time in right field, uh, do you feel like he can make a, a large jump? Could he be in the conversation for a, a July, August, September appearance, maybe in the Cincinnati outfield? Right. So he only played at low A last season. That would be a huge jump. It's easy to forget. I, I talked to Reese for about 15 minutes today. He was drafted in 2019. 2019, he played, I think, two or three games and then had a season-ending injury. 2020 was 2020, no minor league season. And last year, a bunch of the season was cost to him due to injury. So Reese has still only played like a half a year total in the minor leagues, when he was in the minor leagues last season, he spoke about this. His strike-to-walk ratio was not at all the level he wanted in plate discipline, pitch recognition, all that good stuff at the plate. That's certainly his focus of developing. Now he feels like he's made big strides in that area. That move to right field could really help accelerate that jump. I'll say this too. I would say if you were ranking by exit velocity, Reese Hines probably has the hardest exit velocity in batting practice. He has that strong, big frame. Ellie De La Cruz is still filling out. Reese Hines is filled out, kind of like that tight end style of athlete. And uh, certainly he's very impressive as a player. Um, adjusting to right field, certainly, but he has all the athletic tools. He used to be even a play little shortstop. So he has the tools and the athleticism to play right field. And then, uh, again, another guy and another athletic power-hitting athlete threads are really high up. So for all of the things you just you just kind of cited about his journey through the minor leagues, it makes him truly one of those difficult guys to to set mm -hmm. uh, set a level of expectation for. I mean, on one hand, you really just want to be like our 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 hope and expectation for him is an entirely healthy season, and and that's a success. And then others, you know, really want him to have a breakthrough year right now. And I think that uh, I think I'm somewhere in in between on that. I think that I would love for him to to jump a couple levels. I you know I. I jokingly say I would love to see him in Cincinnati this year. I don't think that that's, that's realistic, but uh, how is he embracing the, the, the transition to right field? How, how's he personally dealing with that? He's all in. He said his favorite players growing up were all outfielders. So of course it makes perfect sense that he's an outfielder himself now. And he said this to the one-on-one -on -one attention you get when you're making a position change in the Reds organization. When he talks to other friends, he has in minor league baseball. That's the difference uh, today. Resign spent 20 minutes one-on-one -on -one with Eric Davis, breaking down everything. They were doing a drill completely separate from the drill the rest of the outfielders were doing. There's a vision and a process in place for the position position switch. Uh, the player themselves is very much incorporated in that development process, um, trying to embrace their perspective and their ideas uh, as well. Hines sees it as a positive for him too, uh, as a positive for him to hit as a positive for him too, with the style of athlete he is, there's a really strong sense that this could be better for the longevity of his career. Probably the number one reason that I should have said this earlier for the position switch was him in right field in the athletic style you play there. 
is hopefully for the Reds going to be less conducive to injuries than what Hines was going through at first at a third base. That was kind of what drove the position switch in the first place. And now it's about adjusting to right field. But again, they saw a lot of reason to do so. Coming up, we've got a lot more to get to with Charlie talking about some prospects out in Goodyear and a couple of ways that the Reds have really treated development of catchers. That's coming up in just a minute. Before we talk about that, though, I want to tell you about some Built Bar. Built Bar is the thing that you need this March right now. Look, I know we're all talking about some king cake. It's Mardi Gras. We're having some fun. I got an idea for you. Get you some chocolate. Get you some sweet treats at Built.com. And use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next door. Yeah, I know it's not king cake, but it will fill that hole in your life when you're talking about give me something sweet, give me some sugar, give me some chocolate. Built Bar's got it. Plus, they've got amazing flavors like Cherry Barcia, Coconut. they got Peanut Butter Brownie. They've got... Uh, I'm trying to think of the best one here. Let's go with uh, white chocolate uh, cookies and cream. Yeah, that's what we're going to go with right there. A lot of limited flavors at Built.com. Check them out. Every so often, they like to recycle what's going through. They've got new stuff all the time. Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 to save 15% at checkout. You're talking about the best tasting snack out there that is also healthy for you. Up to 18 grams of protein in these and on average about 130 calories. You're not going to find that in a candy bar and it tastes just as good as a candy bar. We're talking about Built Bar. Built.com, promo code LOCKED15. Also, if you are looking for the next part for your car, go to rockauto.com. They've got all the parts your car will ever need, and they're going to help you save some money because if you go down the street, you go to the store on the corner, they're going to mark things up. They're going to mark it up so that they make a lot more money. In fact, you can look at some price comparisons when you go to rockauto.com, and you're going to be happy when you see them. We're talking about anything from brake pads to tail lamps to tailpipes you've also got let's see um trying to think of a big engine word here like a catalytic converter stuff yeah there's things like that at rockauto.com whether you are trying to outfit a brand new 2022 honda accord or you got like uh let's see a 1965 chevy bel air let's i I don't even know if that's a thing maybe they maybe they're making them back then maybe they weren't rock auto has parts for them probably even if they weren't i think they have like what if parts from other dimensions at rockauto.com that's unconfirmed though check them out today and when you're in the checkout section in the how'd you hear about us area type in locked on so they know that your pal jeff and steve from the locked on reds podcast sent you that's rockauto.com and in the checkout section in the how'd you hear about us area type in locked on Thanks again for making Locked On Reds your hashtag first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms. Make sure that you've checked out our YouTube page as well and you've got that subscription rolling because there's so much good stuff. As soon as things get figured out and we get baseball back, we have lots of stuff for you that's going to be YouTube only. We're not going to release it on the podcast feed on the audio only side. So you're going to want to be on YouTube the Locked on Reds page on YouTube. All right, we've got a lot of stuff to get to with Charlie Goldsmith. We'll see. This might not even fit in the rest of this episode. We might have to go tomorrow as well. That's coming up right here.
We've talked a lot about some position guys. We have not mentioned probably the most intriguing player out there right now because Hunter Green can't be because he's part of the 40-man roster. What's going on with Nick Lodello? I mean, it, it looks like and it sounds like he's healthy. Yeah, um, he threw a live bullpen a couple days ago. And um, one of the cool parts of this setting is I get to sit next to the players and the coaches and watch these live batting practice sessions, pick their brains a bit during them. And the reaction to Nick Lodolo's live bullpen session was one of the most enthusiastic reactions that I've seen to anything that anyone's done at spring training. Um, there was a crowd, first of all. Of course, it's just the minor leaguers and the coaches and the front office guys. But a, a lot of people made a point to watch Nick, and he certainly delivered the movement on his fastball, his signature breaking ball. He feels like he's fully healthy. And I'll say this, too. There's a priority for him to pitch this season, get a lot of experience to be ready to go at the beginning of the season, whether it's at the major league or the minor league level. Um, they're treating him in this situation as the, the important, crucial starting pitcher he is. He's been thrown right into the mix for a completely normal starting pitcher plan for this point of the season. And again, with what I saw in that live bullpen was, was one of the most impressive things I've seen this spring. And the reaction from the rest of the Reds backs that up. Based on kind of the injuries with the blister and the shoulder that he went through this last season, what sort of changes has he made mechanically, if any? He said nothing. He said last season was a fluke almost. The blisters, which then changed his throwing plan, which then impacted the shoulder. He says he's just approaching it now like he's – he is approaching it now like he's completely healthy. He's approaching it now like last season was its own thing. He's completely moved on from that. He's not going to back away from the style of pitcher he is. And the most important part is this, is what Nick Lodolo's strength, really, that people don't talk enough about, it's always been his command. And if you were going to have any injury issues or anything like that, command you would think what would be uh, what was impacted the most. And his command is snapped right back into place as, as good as ever. And I'm planning to dig deeper into that this week, just how good his command is right now. Uh, that's certainly what gets everyone's attention. And then you throw in, the fastball, the arm slot, the curveball, and that whole package is what the Reds are hoping for. Uh, he's completely on track. You know, Charlie, I'm I'm just super jealous that you're out in Goodyear right now. I mean, it's it's one of my favorite places to go. Um, I try and go in under in normal world circumstances. Uh, I try and go every spring training. You know, I've, I've had, never I've been had really good. Go. Yeah, and, and Jeff never comes. I invite him every time. I was good. Uh, <laughs> but uh but you know charlie i've had good luck out there you know i managed to be the only person to get video of suarez and his first start at shortstop things like that um but what i enjoyed the most about being out there is getting to see things that don't necessarily get covered players that don't necessarily get talked about and you start to see things unfold in front of you uh before everybody else and you kind of have an idea of what might be coming uh so in that spirit well you're out there watching these minor leaguers that um have a a unique opportunity in that they have the coaching staff's undivided attention. They're not competing for time with the big leaguers. They're not, uh, they're not shoveled off in a corner uh, while the big leaguers are doing their thing. Um, has anybody really caught your eye? Is there a player that maybe we haven't talked about a lot that has really impressed you so far? Yeah. Daniel Velohan, uh catcher played at low a last season, the frame, the strength, the composure, the, the approach at the plate, some pop uh, that really impressed me. Certainly um, the Reds. And I don't think we talk about this enough, you know, and a lot of focus goes to Matt Nelson. He certainly 
has been impressive as well. He dealt with the thumb issue last year. That kind of hampered how much he could progress progress last year. But his power is as good as any catcher coming up too. But with Velo and with Nelson both, like what we don't talk enough about with the Reds, I don't think, is look at how the batonic catcher has been passed off recently. Ryan Hannigan to Devin Mezzarocco to Tucker Barnhart to Tyler Stevenson, homegrown catchers, even developing guys like Kulzvari and Trump and guys like that. Like they have – and I, I – just spoke to a bunch of guys about this. They have, like they say, a, a really good ability to scout for the intangibles of a catcher combined with the, the pure tools that I'm seeing from a guy like below him. And Nelson as well, definitely very impressive. Um, I'm looking at the list of who's here right now for any other guys. Um, I'll add this too, you know, not a, a high radar guy, but Philip Deal, a lefty who the Reds added last offseason through a live bullpen today. Uh, there was a pitch he threw, the, uh, the hitter at the plate swung and missed so hard on the breaking ball that his bat flew, uh, flew away, flew in between the net and the fence that the net connects to. Uh, so Philip Deal's breaking ball is getting that type of swing and miss as well. If the Reds can turn one or two of these non-roster invitee bullpen guys into someone who can contribute in the major league bullpen this season, that's a huge win. And, you know, Philip Deal impressed me today. You know, I'm going to defer my follow-up to Jeff because, you know, he is the the founding member of the the fan club for one of the guys you brought up. So go ahead, Jeff. Daniel Vailhi. Yeah, no, Justin Rock was talking to us about him a couple of weeks ago, and that was I was just getting excited because he talks about the fact that he can hit for average on top of the fact he's already a pretty good defensive catcher. And I just I continue to be excited to see him grow. I I really hope he's in Dayton a lot this year. I'm gonna try and get to talk to him. But it, it's encouraging to well, know. Quick, one more thing about him, real quick, one more thing about him too. Yeah. One of the storylines of the Reds minor league season last year was how the Daytona Tortugas were turning all of these non-drafted pitchers and to a pitching staff that was having a ton of success. The catcher certainly a role in that. And Volohan, from what I've heard, really stepped up in that group and emerged as one of those catchers who can do the developing, the pitching staff, and working with the pitchers type of thing that you need from your minor league catchers. Absolutely. And, and that's the thing that you really can't quantify is how good he is at that. And it's good to know that he's got a handle on it because – you see some, like if you watch some different college baseball games now, you, they're getting signals in their ears from their coaches and things like that, like call this pitch, call that pitch. It's, you know, there's there's probably a mix for some uh, seniors and guys who have been around for a while, but it's good to know that you've still got guys like that in the system. And what you mentioned about the scouting with catchers, I mean, catcher is such a important position on the field. I mean, I know that, you know, your pitcher is kind of like your quarterback of the team, but the catcher is just as important, I believe, as any pitcher on the mound. And uh, look at what the Reds have in the development process in that as well. At the major league level, talk to Tucker Barnhart, and Tucker Barnhart could talk for hours about J.R. House. Tyler Stevenson would do the same thing. One of the unsung heroes of the Reds coaching staff, we know him as the third base coach, but he's also the catching coordinator for the team and the tools he has in place to develop those catchers. But at the minor league level, two guys we talk even less about, the guys right now working every day with the catchers here, Corky Miller, you know, Corky can do. And then Julio Murillo, a former translator for the Reds. A lot's been written about him, an incredible journey from um, a minor league player who just wasn't making it to the Reds team translator to someone who left that job to go into coaching is known around Great American Ballpark and the Reds farm system as one of the nicest and most understanding and thoughtful people around. And he certainly has brought that skill set to the catching, the 
catching coaching role as well. He's now also the manager of the Arizona Complex League team. So the Reds have kind of the right people in place to develop their catchers. They have the right scouting concepts in place to find the right type of guys. I mean, look at the pipeline. I mentioned it earlier. Stevens and Colesvari, um, Matt Nelson, Daniel Villaheen, Jackson Miller might be the best athlete out of that entire group played in the Arizona Complex League last season. And then added in guys on top of that, like, you know, Chris Oakey, Chucky Robinson, those guys, Eric Yang, too, and I'll put these three guys in the same boat. They're not top 30 prospects, but they've been around. They've worked with a ton of minor league pitchers, and it's guys like that you need as kind of the backbone of your farm system, kind of like what Corky Miller was during his career to develop the next generation. The Reds feel like they have three really strong pillars in those three guys in that type of role. Uh, so overall, it's a, it's a really impressive holistic group, and that's definitely something that's standing out. Well, that is going to wrap up today's edition of Locked on Reds. Coming up tomorrow, we will finish our conversation with Charlie Goldsmith. And also, Jeff and I are going to attempt to rank the Reds' bullpen and where it fits in the National League Central. That's going to be a fun conversation that you are not going to want to miss. Uh, Thanks for making Locked on Reds your first listen of the day. Now head over to Locked on Bets and make them your second listen. Q and Lee Sterling give you all the info you need to make some cash at betonline.ag. Every single day, it's locked on bets, just like locked on Reds, free and available on all platforms. Jeff, it might be the offseason, and unfortunately, we are still locked out. But what are we? We are locked on Reds every single day.